We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to the Bear Report Podcast. It's officially Week One. The long wait is over. The Chicago Bears are going to play a regular season game. That is meaningful here on Sunday. They will host the San Francisco 49ers at Soldier Field for the week one showdown. We're here to get you caught up on everything Bears related going into the week. Injuries, picks, who's to watch for, standouts, all that good stuff. Before we get into that, though, let me welcome in my co-host Aaron Lemming. Aaron, I said in the intro, man, we've been waiting all offseason. The Bears are going to play a meaningful game week one, and we're going to get to see the Matt Eberflus era, the Ryan Poles era, the Lucas or the Luke Getzey era, and Justin Fields' second season as first as a full-time starter. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I can't believe we are finally – it's finally week one. And I, and I guess probably it's probably a little bit different for you because you're actually a beat reporter that covers the team. That's your job. But it's like for me, like I still got to go to work every day. And this is always like notorious. This this week is notoriously the longest freaking week of the year for me because it's already a short week. Like I always have Monday off, and then usually, depending on what goes on, like I'll usually take like Friday off or whatever. And that's exactly what I'm doing this year. But I've got three work days, and these three work days will always just drag on because like I can't stop thinking about football. I'm excited even for Thursday night. Like I'm still excited for the you know the Thursday night game. It's just like. And, and I go through this every year, and I'm sure a lot of Bears fans do, where, like, somehow throughout the week, you talk yourselves into how the Bears are going to win the game and how maybe this season's going to be a lot better than people think. And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to go through that right now. I keep talking myself down. It's like, okay, dude, like, it's just, the, you know, it's like week one, week one, week one. But here's what I will say is that football season's back. We got college football the last two weeks. You know, we got college football again this week. Uh, Alabama gets to destroy Texas, which is going to make uh, myself very happy being an Oklahoma fan. Um, and then obviously, you know, we, we get the kickoff on Sunday and then we've got football on Sundays until February, man. I mean, there's really not much more that you can ask for than that. And I'm happy for it. 
Yeah, and the college week one was kind of a nice appetizer going into this week to get ready for the NFL because there were some crazy, crazy college games. And it was just nice to, you know, be able to kind of watch Thursday night, watch Friday, watch a little bit Saturday, um, and, and then Sunday, and, and kind of it all ending with, with Clemson on Monday. But, yeah, it, it was a fun weekend of football. And now we're going to get into the NFL, and it's football – from Thursday to Monday until January. Then we get some Tuesday sprinkled in with the with the MAC college season, some Wednesday sprinkled in. So there'll be a point where I believe football will be on our TVs seven days a week. I think at like the end of November or something like that where, where that happens. So we got a little bit to go there. But yeah, you're right, man. Like, you know, going into this offseason, you and I have talked about how with the Bears, you know, we don't think they're going to be a really good team. I, I don't think they're going to be dead last. Like some power rankings had them today or – even, you know, like 30th or 28th, 29th. But this season, you know, it's going to be one where Justin Fields is the most important thing, and we want to see development from players. And if they're bad, but but Justin Fields is good, you know, it's a realistic scenario, that's ideal. But but now, you know, it's Tuesday where we're recording this. I'm kind of talking myself into <laughs> the Bears winning on Sunday, and it, it's a big reason why is because I truly think this game is going to come down to which one of the two younger quarterbacks doesn't make the mistakes and makes the big plays. Cause if you look at this team, I actually look at the bears and the 49ers going into the season, I'd say San Francisco's defense is probably better. I think, especially at the pass rush. Um, I don't think the bears defense would be bad. I think the bears are probably a better secondary. They're kind of built the same. And it's the same offensive schemes in a way where they're both going to try to lean on the run early on to start. And they both have two young quarterbacks that are really unproven. And, you know, both fed struggles in the off season and I would argue maybe San Francisco probably has better weapons on offense just because of, of Debo Samuel and, and George Kittle. But if Justin Fields can keep the Bears in this game, I think they got a shot to win it. And as long as he limits his plays and, you know, maybe the Bears defense gets at Trey Lance and forces him into a couple of mistakes. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think here's the thing. I, I do think the 49ers are a considerably better team than the Bears. But I also think that the best time to catch some of these good teams is at the very beginning of the season. Like week one is always home for some of the craziest upsets you're going to see all season because, you know, both teams have had basically all off season or the majority of the off season, all preseason, you know, a ton of extra time to prepare for each other. So you're always going to get some interesting outcomes and, you know, kind of like you talked about, it's like, yeah, I I think in some ways the teams are built similarly, obviously they're going to run a similar offense. Uh, the 49ers are clearly, at least in my opinion, they're a playoff contender. I don't know if you can call them a Super Bowl contender, although they were very close to making the Super Bowl last year, mainly because you don't know what you're going to get from Trey Lance, right? But I think when you when, when you look at the two teams, obviously, like you said, the, the Bears probably have a better secondary. Um, I think, you know, linebacker core is pretty comparable. I'd say probably San Francisco may have a little bit of an edge. And then obviously the big difference defensively is that front four uh, for the for the 49ers, man. I mean, when you got Bosa and Armstead up front like that, I mean, that's that's better than anything that, that the Bears have, uh, which, you know, it is what it is. I mean, really, that, that's one of the more important pieces to this defense, and it's going to take some time to build up. But I think when you look offensively, very clearly, at, at least as of right now, like the, the 49ers have a lot better options and weapons than the Bears do, especially at receiver and, and tight end. I mean, it – 
that's not a knock on on Cole Komet by any means, but let's be honest, man. I mean, George Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the league. I mean, that's just – it is what it is. Can Cole Komet get there? Maybe. We'll see. But he's not there right now. And I think, obviously, as much as we both like Darnell Mooney, Debo Samuel is is a very good receiver. Uh, Debo Samuel is actually somebody I was hoping that would end up getting traded. Maybe the Bears would be interested, but obviously that didn't end up working out. But – like you pointed out, um, it doesn't really matter how good receivers you have if your offensive line isn't very good and your quarterback is inexperienced and doesn't play very well. And I think that that is where the biggest similarities come in because really the 49ers right now have a lot of questions on their offensive line. Obviously, you know, they have Trent Williams as their left tackle. He's been one of, if not the best left tackle in the league for quite a few years now. Uh, but outside of that, man, they got a lot of questions on that offensive line. And you turn it over and look at the Bears, and the Bears are in a very similar situation. And again, like you pointed out, it's it's two quarterbacks from the same draft class that were taken, what was it, uh, eight picks away from each other. And I'll go on record and say, and, and again, this isn't a knock on Trey Lance, I think Justin Fields is the better quarterback, and I think he's going to be the better quarterback. And I think the 49ers were absolutely foolish for taking Trey Lance over Justin Fields. And I, and I think a lot of people felt like that at the time, the fact that it's like, dude, you have Justin Fields there. Don't overthink it. Again, it's not a knock on Trey Lance, but you're talking about a guy in Trey Lance who's just very inexperienced going back to college. And I mean, he really hasn't played that much quarterback and thrown the ball that much since high school. So again, can he develop into a really good quarterback? Yeah. I'd say that he probably has the highest ceiling out of this entire quarterback class, but I, I don't know. This is just me personally. I feel like if the 49ers had as much faith in Trey Lance as they did, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo would still be on this roster. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I think there's some schematic fits there that maybe are a little bit questionable. Um, I know a lot of people like to kind of jump on the fact that Justin Fields had a an uneven uh, training camp. Well, Trey Lance had a much more uneven training camp. And again, none of that matters when we get into the regular season. But this is going to be one of four – really good litmus tests that we're going to get to see with Justin Fields this year of him going against quarterbacks from last year's draft class. The top out of the top six, he gets to go against four of those guys. The only one that he doesn't get to see is going to be uh, it's, uh, Trevor Lawrence. So it, it, you know, this is kind of the first of uh, first of those tests, but again, I mean, for the bears, like there are going to be a lot of, in my mind, moral victories this season, right? Like they may not win the game. Like even if they, let's just say, even if they lose Sunday, but Justin Fields outperforms Trey Lance, I think in a lot of ways that's going to be a win, especially considering the fact that this team is in the beginning of a rebuild and really their entire rebuild hinges on Justin Fields being that guy, especially if they want to get out of that rebuild and start contending for playoff spots and Super Bowls and all that stuff within the near future. Justin Fields has got to be that guy. And I think that week one is going to be that first litmus test to really see how much progression he's made and how good this offense is going to fit him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Going back to that draft, I remember um, there were a lot of analysts that even thought Justin Fields should have been right after Trevor Lawrence. And not, you know, not only in front of Trey Lance, but also in front of Zach Wilson um, and obviously Mac Jones. I mean, there, there were people on record saying that it's Lawrence Fields, Mac Jones, and then you look at Zach Wilson and, and Trey Lance. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. You know, I think this also could be one of those games where it's a prove it one for Justin Fields early. You know, does, does he kind of take offense that he was selected, what, number 11 overall while, while Lance went number um, three to the 49ers. So, yeah, I can see, you know, some areas, obviously the Bears are, are not as talented as the 49ers. You brought them up. I mean, you look, they don't have, you know, kind of, they don't have the Debo Samuel type playmaker on their offense just yet. They don't have a, a legit star tight end in George Kittle. And that's going to help a young quarterback. And we could see that. I mean, we could see the difference in having someone like Kittle compared to Komet. And no offense to Komet. I do think he can have a big year. He's not on Kittle's game just yet. So I think for me, you know, looking at this matchup, I think the Bears are going to come out there and try to run the ball early, take the pressure off of Justin Fields a little bit, you know, kind of get him settled in, avoid the third and longs, uh, avoid getting into those second and long situations and kind of keep the pressure off of him, make it easier in a way for Justin Fields, and then kind of let him get some confidence and let him go for there. But yeah, for me, it just still comes down to which quarterback is is not going to make the mistake, which offensive line can protect the quarterback the best, and which quarterback can you know take advantage. Of. There's going to be plays in this game like there are for every game where you know the quarterbacks have an opportunity to make a play, and and he's going to have to do it. And Justin Fields will have those opportunities. Trey Lance is going to have those opportunities as well. It's going to be kind of something for me that I'm going to watch uh, moving forward here on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, obviously kind of in not, not in a, a negative way or anything like that, but I think it's going to be interesting to see the overall development from this quarterback class moving into year two, right? As you, as you just kind of zoom out, um, you know, this was regarded as one of the better quarterback classes in quite some time. You know, obviously Trevor Lawrence was always kind of anointed the, the chosen one kind of the, like the best, you know, uh, quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, so on and so forth. And we'll see if that happens again. I mean, like when you look at, Especially when you when when you sit back and you look at um, the the recent quarterbacks that come out. Obviously, there have been some guys that have absolutely killed it the rookie year. You know, come out and really just pedaled the metal and have been really good. But there have also been other players that year two is when things have really clicked. And I think that that is going to be a big thing because outside of I guess you could say well, Mac Jones had a good rookie year. I, I you know I don't think it was anything outstanding. I think it's absolutely asinine the fact that he somehow made the NFL top one hundred list. That's just insane to me. Um, but he did have a good rookie year. There, there's no, there's no denying that, but I think, you know, outside of that, I think you can kind of look at and say, okay, 
you know, a lot of a lot of these teams did stuff for their quarterback. Obviously, the Bears, I think the Bears' biggest win that they had was getting Matt Nagy in that terrible uh, offensive coaching staff out of the building. And I think that they're going to rely a lot on the coaching aspects and getting the right fits in terms of players in there versus the big name town. We'll see how that works. But then you look at a you know a team like the, the Jaguars that did uh, as much as they did for uh, you know Trevor Lawrence. And sometimes I think it's one of those situations with with the Jaguars where don't mistake action for you know actually making their team that much better, right? You know, for progress and stuff like that. Because I mean let's be honest, man, some of those some of those moves that they made, I mean they paid top of the market value for uh, multiple different guys, and I don't know how well that's going to work out for him. And you look at the Jets, and I think the Jets are probably the most interesting situation to me because, dude, Zach Wilson still did not look good at all in training camp or in the preseason before he got hurt. And then obviously he got hurt. Um, I know there's been some reports that are saying that he may be ready to go week one. I'd be shocked by that. I think you're probably still looking at week two, week three, maybe even week four with that knee. But again, like he's the one where – I think you kind of have to really look at and say he, at least in my opinion, he's got the highest bust potential there. Right. And then obviously with Trey Lance, we're going to have to see what happens there. I think the one that a lot of people aren't talking about, and I, I feel like they're really taking for granted is Mac Jones in new England, man. I mean, I, I just, some of the moves. And again, I, I think Bill Belichick is a great coach. He is one of the all time greats, if not the best head coach to ever coach in the NFL, but it's really hard not to look at what the Patriots have done this off season and question what in the hell is going on in New England, man. It's like Mac Jones and we, we you know, we have a buddy, uh, you know, that, that covers them, um, Kyrie Thompson. And he, I mean, he's basically told us all throughout training camp and preseason, like, you know, Mac Jones has looked timid. He's looked frustrated. Like things are just not clicking. And you look at what they've done on the offensive line. I mean, they tra- traded the way Shaq Mason, um, you know, you look at just in terms of what they have in terms of weapons and yeah, I mean, they've, they've spent some money, but in terms of like overall, like top end receivers, they don't really have a lot. I mean, they're tight ends. They got a pretty good tight end room, but I, I think the biggest thing that is just blowing my mind right now, and I just don't understand it, is why in the hell Matt Patricia is going to basically be the, the offensive coordinator there. I mean, that's, I don't know. Like, like I said, I, I think Mac Jones had a good rookie year, right? Uh, and we've seen that happen a few times. Like you, we, we have seen situations where guys have good beginnings to their careers and they fall off. And I think that, and I'm not saying that's going to happen with Mac Jones, but I think when you, when you look at the situation in new England, I, I feel like there's this foregone conclusion that Mac Jones is, is going to be a good quarterback. He may never be great. He may never be Tom Brady. He may not even ever be like a top eight to top 10 quarterback, but he's going to sit right there in that, you know, that 10 to 15 range on a yearly basis. I don't know that that's a foregone conclusion. And I think the second year of a quarterback's development at the NFL level is the most important. And the fact that they did, at least in my opinion, a lot of negatives there, I think that that's going to be probably the the, the most interesting situation for me to watch out of all these quarterbacks. And then again, Davis Mills, if he, if he pans out, that's awesome for Houston. I still don't think that he's going to be much of anything though. Yeah, Mills is kind of the uh, he's kind of the wild card in the class because he, he kind of had a good rookie season, but he's also not in a very good situation um, there in Houston. Aaron, uh, before we get into the matchup more with the 49ers and kind of give our, our things to watch for, um, we should probably talk about um, a, a little bit about the news that happened on what Monday where the Bears got some players healthy um, uh, for their upcoming game and return to practice. Before we do that, though, we do have to let our audience know about Odds Trader. 
Odds Trader is the number one place to go for all gamblers this year. If you're betting on sports, the NFL, college football, NHL is coming up, NBA is coming up, MLB is going to the playoff race. There's soccer right now, Champions League, Premier League. You want to take a look at Odds Trader. It's the best place to compare all odds from all major sports books. Not only can you compare the odds from the major sports books, you can also compare different sign-up codes, promotions, all the bonuses that you can get to get the best deal. If you're someone like me, I like looking for the best deal on promotions and boosts and odds and all that stuff. So this is perfect. I want to find which place is going to give me the more most money on a risk-free bet, um, all that good stuff. So th- that's definitely odds trader. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather to make the most informed bets possible for gamblers. My favorite thing about Odds Trader is its bet tracker so that bettors can keep records of the games and the betting activity. I'm kind of old school where I, I usually write down my bets, but I've been using Odds Trader now to track all my bets in it, and it helps me a lot, especially during those college football Saturdays where there's tons of games on. They start at 11 a.m. Central. They go until late in the morning or night the next day because of games like Hawaii or out there on the West Coast as well. So make sure you check out oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Aaron, as I was stating before that ad read right there, the Bears returned to practice on, on Monday for a quick practice. Um, wasn't really an official full practice, kind of to get things ramped up. Some key players were back out there. Wide receivers Byron Pringle, Bayless Jones Jr. were out there, but Lucas Patrick was also out there. And the Bears kind of have a tough call here to make. You know, Patrick is playing with one of those casts on his arm, or on his hand, I'm sorry, which could determine, you know, can he snap the football? Or are they going to move him the right guard? Now, as we're recording this, the Bears have released their um, unofficial depth chart for week one. And no shock, they have Patrick at center. They have Tevin Jenkins at right guard. They um, have Larry Borm at right tackle, Whitehair at left guard, Jones at left tackle. They also have Alex Leatherwood as a backup tackle um, on there as well. For you, I, I know how kind of I feel about this. I think it should be the five best offensive linemen that play. If Lucas Patrick is healthy enough to play and can snap the football, I don't think you move him to right guard after working Tevin Jenkins there pretty much the past month. I think if Patrick can't go, I think you should go with Sam Mustafer at center because he can snap the football. What are kind of your thoughts on, on getting Patrick back? And then if you had any thoughts on Bayless Jones returning, Byron Pringle returning. Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it there. I, I, I think that <clears throat> the Bears have worked the same rotation for damn near close to a calendar month now, right? I mean, we're getting pretty close on that between the two preseason games that they had and then obviously, uh, you know, with the last the last week of practice and this week of practice as well. I don't think you want to mess with that at all. Obviously you want to have Lucas Patrick in the starting five, but if Lucas Patrick, and this is kind of my thought, maybe I'm wrong here, but if Lucas Patrick can't snap the ball with his right hand, then that hand is going to be an issue even at right guard. And again, I I just don't, I don't think, especially with what we've heard from Tevin Jenkins, I don't think it's overly smart from a confidence standpoint to say, Hey, we want you as our right guard, but for the first week or two of the season, while Lucas Patrick is, you know, figuring out how to snap the ball or healing his hand the rest of the time, you're actually going to sit on the bench. I think that's the worst possible thing that you can do right now. And it's funny because I was actually talking to somebody about this earlier where I don't, in terms of, I, I think there's a best starting five and I think there's a smart starting five, right? And I think their best starting five, at least in my personal opinion, 
is that Riley Reef is slotting in at one of the tackle spots. I think that he is still going to be better than one or both of the starting tackles that they currently have. I think the smart offensive line, the smart starting offensive line, assuming that everybody's healthy, is exactly what they have right now, which is what they just released on their depth chart, right? Which is basically, you know, you got Braxton Jones at left tackle, uh, Cody White here at right, uh, left guard, uh, Lucas Patrick at center, Tevin Jenkins at right guard, and then Larry Borm at right tackle. And why I say it's smart is because Riley Reef is 33 years old. Riley Reef is not going to be a part of your future. And I think that one of the biggest things that the Bears need to try to do this, this season is figure out how many long-term pieces they have on this offensive line. And I think the only way that you can really do that, you know, contrary to last year, is you actually have to play these guys and you have to figure out are they going to get better? Because let's be honest, man. I mean, they're facing a really tough defensive line over the first two weeks of the season with both the, the 49ers and the Packers. I mean, there's just no real way around that. Like these are going to be two very good defensive lines that they're going to be going against. The Bears may not look good right out of the gate. It may There may be some growing pains. I 100% expect there to be some growing pains. But it's how you build off of that and how you develop over the course of the season. Because I feel like, personally, and this may be a little optimistic, but I feel like, if they can come out of this this season with one of their two tackle spots figured out and right guard figured out, you know, if Tevin Jenkins works out and one of, you know, Braxton Jones or Larry Borum works out at the tackle spot, if both of them work out even better, but if you can get one of those two to work out and figure out a spot on the interior offensive line, it makes it easier to not only cut bait with Cody White here if you need to, or not have as many spots to fill next year and know that you're putting Justin Fields in a better position to succeed overall. And you're not having to use those resources there. So I think that's huge. Um, as far as the rest of these guys, I, I think that, um, you know, obviously it's good to get, you know, Byron Pringle back. And then obviously, you know, the same thing with the rest of the receivers and Bayless Jones jr. I, I think it's going to be extremely important early on to have at least a guy like Pringle because, obviously it's going to take some time for Amir Marset uh, or Smith Marset to be able to get going. Right. I mean, it's just not overly realistic, especially with a young receiver to expect this guy to come in, learn the playbook in a week and a half, and then all of a sudden be ready to go and be, you know, a big part of the offense. I think, again, that's another one of those developmental pieces. You've got three years of control on this guy, cheap, cheap control, considering he was taken in the, I think it was a fifth or sixth round. It was a day three pick. You know, that's kind of one of those guys that, you know, that that's that's one of those you you bring him along slowly. And obviously, you know, you are also have Dante Pettis as well. So I think just having their full allotment of, of weapons, regardless of how you feel about those weapons, having your full allotment of weapons out of the gate for the most part is, is definitely going to be good. I, I think the, the Bears have been, at least in my opinion, have been relatively smart with all this. I mean, they haven't been rushing guys out. Uh, they haven't been rushing guys to play in the preseason. If you can play, you can play. If you can't, you can't. We saw the same thing with Roquan Smith. The Bears very clearly wanted Roquan Smith to play in that third preseason game, and I don't think Roquan was ready to go, and they didn't force the issue. And I think that getting to week one healthy, even if you don't think this team is going to win, win very many games, getting to week one healthy and letting the competition on the roster play itself out, letting the cream rise at the top, letting the duds fall to the bottom – and letting some of these other guys in the depth chart that may be lower right now get their opportunity throughout the season is going to be huge. And the only way that you can do that is if you have these guys that start off the season healthy. And I think it's big. I, I Again, I, I don't know that that really does much for the win-loss total over the, over the course of the year, at least right out of the gate. But I think having your full allotment of players outside of Dominique Robinson, who I would assume that would, you know, will get situated sooner rather than later, um, I, I think that that's huge for them.
Yeah, and I, I agree with with the offensive line. I think what they have listed on their, you know, we have to say unofficial depth chart is that is their best five. And I think that's the five I'd want to see. I, I don't think moving Tevin Jenkins to back to the bench, letting him, you know, sit there while Lucas Patrick tries to play a right guard is the, is the best case scenario for the Bears. I, I think you just go with Tevin Jenkins. So we'll see. I mean, Matt Eberflus said Wednesday, the Bears do have to release an injury report. They are going to go out there and practice. We'll see how much Lucas Patrick can do. And, and if he's able to snap the ball, if he's able to play, you know, his fullest 100% or even close 100%, I think they'll go with him at center. Um, looking at the depth chart, there really wasn't um, much surprise in my eyes. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Aaron, as we're kind of live recording this. Um, but there's really nothing that kind of stood out to me outside of the offensive line and, um, you know, maybe, what was it, um, Travis Gibson is a backup outside our defensive end. I don't think that's actually too surprising at all. You know, the linebackers are going to be Nicholas Morrow, Roquan Smith, and Matthew Adams. Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon are, are your two defensive backs with Lamar Jackson, Kendall Vilder behind them. I think that's going to change a little bit. I think we'll probably see um, a little bit of Gordon in the slot um, uh, come Sunday against the 49ers. I don't know if you've seen it, but is there anything that stood out to you? Well, one of the things that stood out to me is they forgot to put Mike Pinnell on there. <laughs> Yes, they did. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at that. I was like, they have Armand Watts, uh, both defensive tackles, reserve spots. And then you're looking at it, you're like, wait a minute, they have four guys on the on the defensive line. No, I, I think for the most part, everything pretty much pans out. It looks like they have Khalil Herbert um, slotted in as the uh, kick returner and then Bayless Jones Jr. slotted in as the punt returner. Uh, but no, I think, and again, kind of like you pointed out, you know, uh, Travis Gibson may be slotted as the third outside linebacker, but I think it's really important to note, um, and, this, and the same thing with the, the interior defensive line, is there is going to be a lot of rotation. There's yes. two guys, there was two guys on the Colts uh, defensive front last year that played 70% of snaps, two guys. And that was, you know, Al-Qudin Muhammad, which was one of them. And I don't think that'll happen again this year. And then also uh, DeForest Buckner. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where you're going to see a lot of rotation. So Travis Gibson is going to see a considerable amount of time. But other than that, I mean, I I think the biggest question that I have right now, uh, at least defensively, is going to be that that third corner uh, spot. I I know know that the the coaching staff has said that they like Kendall Vildor. Um, I don't know, man. I we we saw him last year and he was graded out as one of the worst corners in the league for the majority of the year. Um, I, I, I think it would be intelligent of them to start Gordon on the outside for the time being and try to figure out if they can find anything in the slot for the time being between Jalen Jones and, and the other uh, undrafted rookie that they were able to pick up uh, on the, on the waiver wire. But I don't know, man. That that's that's the one thing that makes me a little uncomfortable because I wasn't overly impressed with Lamar Jackson either at corner. I didn't think he really played that well. I thought it was kind of a toss up between him and about three or four other guys that could have made the roster as well. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully um, um, Thomas Graham Jr. will get healthy and maybe he'll be somebody that will end up sliding up and he can be kind of somebody that can, you know, he was in line for at least some playing time, if not a starting role before he got hurt. So hopefully he can get healthy and get things figured out, but. No, not a whole lot of surprises. I think people are overanalyzing receiver a little bit too much right now. The Bears did the old school thing and only listed two receivers, uh, like in two receiver spots. I think if if there was a third receiver spot, the slot, I think that's exactly where Brian, Byron Pringle would go. Pringle is a slot, and 
Economy of St. Brown and, and uh, Dante Pettis are more of those outside type receivers. So I think that's kind of why it presents the way it does. It doesn't mean that uh, St. Brown's going to be on the field more than Pringle. I think it's just kind of how they formulated their, de- their depth chart more than anything. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, yes, we should say, sorry, I double-clicked mute. Um, we should say that it is an unofficial depth chart too. So it's not technically quote unquote uh, official. So things can change. This is something that teams have to do here as, as week one approaches. They'll also have to release the injury report on, on Wednesday, which is something to kind of monitor as well. Aaron, before we wrap things up though, let's kind of get into our keys of the game and, and you know, something to watch a player or, or anything like that. I'll kind of start it off this year for me, looking at the bears offense, I'm going to be looking at which wide receiver is going to step up outside of Darnell Mooney. And you just got done talking, Brian Pringle, you know, in the slot. Uh, EQ St. Brown's also listed on the depth chart as well. They they, they just brought in um, um, Smith Marquette, Marset, um, and they have a bunch of guys who I feel like someone's going to have to emerge. But who who's it going to be? It's going to have to be someone outside of, Darnell Mooney to kind of give Justin Fields, you know, another weapon. I, I, I like what I've seen from EQ St. Brown in practice. It hasn't really translated over to preseason games um, as much as you'd like to see. Byron Pringle's been hurt. Then you have the rookie, Valus Jones. Um, someone like Dante Pettis probably won't have a big role. He'll probably be um, there just for, you know, insurance and just in case. Then the same thing kind of with Amir Smith-Marset, who, who's still kind of learning the offense. So between St. Brown, Pringle, Bayless Jones, who can kind of step up, um, you know, far Darnell Mooney and, and kind of help this Bears offense. And then looking at my key to the game, I think the Bears, if they can get pressure on Trey Lance, I think they're going to win this game. I think they got to make life difficult for him right away. Can't let him escape the pocket. Can't let him get comfortable in the pocket. Get pressure on him early. Get a couple sacks. Um, you know, maybe get some hits on them. Don't let them get comfortable out there. And uh, we'll go on to yours before we give our predictions. Yeah. Um, well, I also think since this is the beginning of uh, beginning of the season, we should probably do like an offensive MVP, defensive MVP, and then maybe like a like a bull prediction and a record prediction as well for the season. Might as well, right? I mean, we don't usually yeah, get yeah, we can do that. To, yeah. So, I think in terms of you know, kind of what you were talking about just now, I I, I think. You know, at least for me, the, the the big thing is going to be figuring out this offensive line, right? And it, it's going to take some time, but I think that that's going to be, I, I think, at least in my opinion, and I know everybody has a different opinion because of what Joe Burrow did last year and what we've seen from other quarterbacks. I feel like the offensive line for Justin Fields is going to be um, much more important than the receivers. I feel like they can get away with an average group or a below average group of receivers, they cannot get away with a terrible offensive line. And that's kind of where I'm going to be looking to say, you know, over the course of these next few games, especially because, I mean, again, this is going to be a big test for them. You know, who can step up? What changes are going to be made? I mean, they got Alex Leatherwood that's kind of sitting there. I mean, let's be honest, man. I mean, we both, especially me, have been pretty hard on Sam Mustafer. 
he's looked he's at least to me he's looked like 2021 or sorry 2020 uh sam Mustafer, where he actually showed some promise and he looked like he could be even like an average starter like Sam Mustafer is not a bad option to have off the bench right now. And again, you know, uh, Riley Reef the same way. They've actually got some decent depth, and it's going to be interesting to see how Alex Leatherwood kind of develops, uh, you know, at least on this depth chart that we're looking at right now, unofficial, quote-unquote unofficial, because there's never an official depth chart. I've never understood that. Never an official one, just an unofficial one. Uh, he is slotted in at right tackle. Uh, so that'll be or, you know, reserve right tackle. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I think the key – to the game for me is kind of feeding off of what you were talking about. I think controlling the the time of possession, I think keeping the bears defense off the field as much as possible is going to be big. Um, <clears throat> and obviously a part of that comes in with just, you know, limiting the, the, the 49ers offense. And I think too, it also comes into the bears controlling things offensively themselves, you know, running the ball well, um, because that's something that San Francisco is going to do well. Um, too, I, I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game. I'm expecting a relatively close game for the majority of the game. Hopefully, it stays that way. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of expecting you know most of these games to stay relatively close. So, all right, um, let's do. Uh, we can start. Well, let's do this one at a time. What do you? Who do you have for offensive MVP um, for the 2022 season? Yeah, for offensive MVP, you know, I I don't want to go with the obvious one because I think, you know, Justin Fields is the obvious one. So I'll kind of throw one out there. I think um, Cole Komet's going to take a big step forward. I think he's going to be one of their best weapons on the team. I don't think he'll get to 1,000 yards receiving or anything crazy like that. I do think we'll see a significant bump, though, in his skill level and, and in his stats overall. I, that's funny. I was actually going to say the same exact guy. I was, I was thinking, obviously, Fields just seems way too obvious. Yeah. Now Mooney almost kind of feels obvious too. But yeah, Cole Komet, man. Like, and it's funny. I actually got asked this today. Who do I think is going to be second receiving for the Bears this year? And I think it's going to be Cole Komet. I, I again, I don't think he's going to have a thousand yards like some people are projecting. But I could see 750, 800 yards. I think the big thing for him is going to be he's got to get he's got to get into the end zone consistently and be, be a better red zone threat. If he can do that, if he can be that Robert Tunyon of 2020, I think that's going to be a really good role for him. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. Okay, how about uh, defensive MVP? Yeah, defensive MVP. Um, let's see. I think it's going to be. Um, I'm going to go with Eddie Jackson. I think he's going to have a, a bounce back year. And I think the addition of Jaquan Brisker is really going to help him back there as kind of a more true free safety in this Bears defense. I think he's going to get thrown to a good amount, uh, more than he has been over the past couple of years. And I think that's going to lead to more chances for takeaways. And he's going to capitalize on them this year. Yeah, I, that's that's I, I thought. Did about I go the same one again? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I thought about going with one of the two safeties because I thought about this earlier because I was actually going to go Jaquan Brisker, but I think I'm actually going to go Jalen Johnson. I'm okay. dude. I don't know what it is about Jalen Johnson this year. Dude's got some swag to him, man. Yep. Like he's yep, just man. he's a whole. He just seems like a whole different dude. And I'm not just talking about like football. I mean like. There's just something about him. Like he's got that 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 number one cornerback mentality going on. And I think that this is going to be the year where things really click for him and he becomes, I don't know if I'd say like an elite corner by any means, but I think that he's going to step up big this year. And I think that obviously having a better secondary around him and not having to be that number one, not even that number one corner, man, that number one DB as a whole. I mean, because that's pretty much what he was the majority of last year because of what he had around him. So I think that he's going to, 
he's going to be the, at least in my opinion, he's going to be that big piece. Um, and then let's just go with uh, one bold prediction. It could be anything. It could be a stat line for Justin Fields, Cole whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, man. Bold prediction. Um, trying to think. I think my bold prediction, I'm going to say the Bears are going to go um, four and two in the division. I I I think they're gonna sweep the Lions, um, and where I'm as I say this, I'm trying to figure out where they're gonna get that fourth win. Because I do think they'll split at least with Minnesota. Um, maybe they'll shock. Maybe they'll maybe they'll catch Green Bay off guard um, early on in in week two. Um, but I think that's bold enough. I mean, I think going four and two in the division is a good thing. I don't think the Bears are gonna be very good this year anyway. Um, I keep hearing people say it's a weak schedule. Yeah, they're they're gonna beat some teams they probably shouldn't beat. Um, however, they're probably gonna lose some games that they they shouldn't lose either. So that's my bold prediction. I, I think I'm gonna go four and two in the division. All right, no, that's that that's pretty dang bold because that would yeah. mean basically <laughs> splits with Minnesota and Green Bay, and then obviously sweep Lions or you know sweep whoever. So no, that's 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 completely fair. I think for mine, I think I'm gonna go ahead and say that Darnell Mooney is going to end up finishing in the top 10 in receiving yards this year. I don't know why. I just have okay. this feeling that Darnell Mooney is going to go off. Like Even if he's not that true number one, I think that he is going to be – him and Justin Fields have been doing a lot of work. And same thing with him and you know Fields and Komet as well. But I think that, that uh, Darnell Mooney is just that guy where I, I think that he's going to have a big year, and I think that the Bears are going to be racing uh, to the uh, negotiation table this next offseason to get him locked up on probably like a Terry McLaren-type deal. Uh, but I think we are going to feel at least better about the top end of the step chart uh, moving out of the season at receiver. So last thing, and I know this is what a lot of people like to focus on, yep. uh, what is your record prediction for the Bears this year? Man, so I've been asked this a bunch this year. It's kind of fluctuated for me. I've gone anywhere from like six to as high as eight wins on the Bears. Um, I think seven's a good middle number there. I'm going to say they're going to go, um, what would it be? Seven, would be seven and 10, right? 17 games this year. So seven to 10. I think seven and 10, only because I do think they're going to go four and two in the division is my bold prediction. So they get about seven wins. I think they'll beat the Texans split with one of the New York teams uh, or split with the New York teams. Um, and then, you know, probably beat someone like um, maybe shock and, and beat someone like New England to kind of surprise it. Um, or the doll or yeah, they got the dolphins. Yeah. The dolphins. Someone like that. So I'm, I'm going to go seven and 10. Yeah. I'm, I'm not far off. I I'd waffled between six and 11 and seven and 10 when I finally actually sat down and started, you know, like projecting out each, each week of the season for the NFL as a whole. And I mean, the bears have a, have a consider, at least on paper, they have a considerably easier schedule than they did last year. Uh, and I think that's definitely worth keeping in mind, but at the same time, I know a lot of people like making this comparison, but you know, th- this is a very different team. The, the, the 65% of the roster has been turned over in one year under Ryan Poles. This is a very different team. It's a brand new coaching staff. I don't know if you can just say the coaching staff is going to be better by default. And because they have an easier schedule, they have to win more than six games this year because that's what they won last year. I just think it's a very different situation that can't be that easy to make that type of comparison to. With that being said, I think that I think the big thing in this year is I think the Bears are going to be in a lot of these games. And I think that the one thing, and this is kind of the one reason why I decided to go six wins instead of seven or even higher, 
is because I don't think that the Bears I, – I don't buy this whole the Bears are the worst team in the league or they are one of the worst teams in the league, like top three. I just I, – I don't know, man. I, I look around the league, and you got Atlanta out there. Um, you have uh, – I'm just trying to think. Houston's not very good. I think Seattle is going to be a hell of a lot worse than what people Gi- are projecting. I think Giants. The, the Giants, the Jets. I mean, the Jaguars, I'm, I'm not really you know buying in on either. There's – quite a few teams uh there was one other team i was thinking of too now i'm drawing a blank but either way i mean there's there's quite a few teams out there who are not going to be very good this year um i think the bears are going to keep a lot of these games close i think the big factor to why i couldn't go any higher than six wins is because of this is this is a new coaching staff because this is a relatively new roster again 65 percent of this roster has been turned over uh since since last year I think it's going to take a while for them to figure out how to win games, right? Kind of go back to that, that 2015 season under John Fox when they went six and 10, right? And, and a lot of it was they were staying close in a lot of those games. Uh, they even beat the Packers on Thanksgiving that year. But the big, you know, really the big key out of that was is a lot of the time they didn't know how to close out games. I mean, we saw that, you know, even in the beginning game against Atlanta where they had a chance to win and they couldn't get it done. And I think that that is going to, we're going to see a lot of those type of growing pains this is a younger roster. This is an inexperienced roster. This is an unproven roster, which doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think that these games are going to be a lot more entertaining this year. And I think that that's, I don't know, again, I, I don't think they're going to be very good, but I also think that this is going to be a lot easier on the eyes. And it's not going to be one of those things that we get halfway through the season and we're dreading watching this team on a weekly basis. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with you on that. Um, all right. Give me your prediction on week one then. Okay, so week one, uh, I'm going to take, as much as I want to try to talk myself into taking the Bears, uh, I'm going to take the 49ers. I'm going to go, let's call it, let's call it 24-20. 24-20? I think they're going to have a chance to win it late, and I, I, I just, I don't know why. I just have a feeling it's not going to happen. I feel like this is going to be like Atlanta uh, back in 2015 again. Yep. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm going with the 49ers. Um, I think it's going to be 23-17. Kind of the same boat. The Bears might have a chance to to, to win late. Um, they got to get in the end zone. They can't do it. Uh, I think they're going to hang around, though, for most of the game and, and kind of play that bend but uh, don't break um, type of defense and, and give up a couple field goals. See, but I, I'm going to go the 49ers in this one, 23-17. But, um, you know, hopefully we're both wrong. Hopefully the Bears prove us wrong and, and um, you know, they come out and get a win and start the season off uh, big here in week one. Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? And where can everyone read your work at? Yep, you can follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter. Um, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Just got my annual Bears season preview up today. And the NFC North one will – Follow soon. I'm sure I'll probably catch some catch some flack on that one. But this is uh this is a good time of year. And plus the what to watch for, the first what to watch for of the season is coming up too. Yeah, yeah. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. Um you can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Make sure to uh, rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. It helps our podcast as well as picks for polls check us out on youtube as well check out the website daily stuff coming up for the season as aaron mentioned plus much more uh um, this week so definitely check that out and then until next time everyone please stay safe everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.